the key to leadership is influence. And so if a person has influence on you, that's what leaders do. They, they influence other people. Thank you for subscribing to my podcast, Leadership is Listening. That means if you're listening to this podcast, you're a leader. And I think that leaders can learn and grow by listening to other leaders around them. Today, we have Dr. Gary McCaleb with us. Dr. Gary McCaleb is Vice President of Abilene Christian University and Executive Director of the Center for Building Community. In 1993, he was the President of the Texas Municipal League and in 99, he completed his ninth year and third term as mayor of the city of Abilene. You can imagine the leadership skills that he learned with that kind of tenure. Most recently, he's produced and authored two books, Community, The Other Side of Self, and The Gift of Community, Reflections on the Way We Live and Work Together. He's traveled the world speaking with local governments in Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Iceland, and Northern Ireland. In this interview, he shares some wonderful insights and tips on leadership, business, and family. I'm so excited to share this with you. So let's get into it now with Dr. Gary McCaleb. Dr. McCaleb, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Tell me, who currently is your favorite leader and tell me why? I guess currently and for quite a while, my favorite leader, uh, outside of my own just frame of friends and family, well, I think I think of two, and they both passed away now. One was uh, that lived in my lifetime, John Wooden, the former coach of UCLA basketball, and one was a man named Robert Greenleaf. And during their lifetime, I had the chance to get to know both of them and spend some time, ex- pretty extended time, talking with them about leadership and. Uh, I think they've influenced my thinking on leadership quite a bit. Tell us who in your life had the most impact on you. Well, in my life, I would say my wife has had the most impact because we've been married for 52 years. And so when you've been married to somebody for 52 years, it'd be hard to think anybody else has had greater impact. Uh, And I'd say second would probably be our daughter and son, because uh, they've both had a... I don't think you always have to feel that a person has to be older than you to have an impact or an influence on your life. And, and I'm aware of very, very strong influence from my daughter and my son on me, you know. And so that'd be my top three. How did they make you a better leader? You know, just watching them grow and develop and respond to things and handle things, see them move from, you know, uh, young age into maturity. Now they're both married, they're both parents, they both have responsible responsibilities in a lot of different areas, both at family and at work and in the community. And, um, and then just interactive. See, to me, the key to leadership is just, the key to leadership is influence. 
And so if a person has influence on you, that's what leaders do. They, they influence other people. You're a big believer in mentorship. Uh-huh. So who was your mentor? Well, probably my father was my first mentor, but I like the definition I like best of mentor is, I read it years ago, it was a mentor is someone who believes in you that doesn't really have to. Hmm. So in other words, that says, in a sense, parents can be mentors, but you sort of think, well, yeah, of course, but they had to. They're my dad or right. my mom or something. But when somebody comes along and is a, and you realize is having an influence on your life and on the way you want to be, and you think, they don't have to. They're not getting any benefit out of this. They're not getting paid to do this. They're not, they're just, and so you start thinking, why does this person believe in me? Right. And that's a powerful form of influence to realize that somebody believes in you. Take us back and tell our listeners when you were first asked to lead and how you felt. You know, uh, I have to give you two answers on that because the first answer is uh, I've taught leadership here at ACU for years and I tell them, Anytime somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I'm working on something or I have a problem, I'd like to get your thinking or your advice. They've just said, I'd like to allow you to influence me. Mm-hmm. That's leadership. And so sometimes, and so that happens all the time to people, you know. But, but I think a lot of times we think, well, it's a leadership position or it's a leadership job or something like that. And so the most dramatic of that type of event that you describe would be when I remember some people called and asked if they could come out and meet with me and wanted to ask me to run for mayor of the city of Abilene. Well, that's a different kind of asking you to lead. What three words describe leaders and why? Oh, three words. I think the first word I would name would be caring because I think people are not likely to follow a person who they don't think cares or cares about beyond self. Probably the next word I think of is credibility because you're not going to follow a person that you don't believe. That, In other words, what they say is credible. And I think I'd probably, if I had to pick only three, I might say generosity because I don't think you can be a successful leader and be selfish. So you have to be a person who's who's generous with their time, with their skills or abilities or talents. Give us an example of when you failed as a leader. Well... I mean, you fail all the time. Nobody's perfect, and it wouldn't be hard to... Well, i tell you one that comes to my mind is when I was uh, when I was mayor, once a man called on the phone, and he said, uh, told me his name, and he said, you know, I have a restaurant here in Abilene. And I said, yeah, I know. We appreciate that. Glad to have you. And he said, why have you never 
come to visit my restaurant. <laughs> and, you know, he had me nailed to the wall. I should have. Oh, wow. I should have already been there because that's what, I mean, you know, you, mm-hmm. but you get in a habit of going to a particular restaurant and that's where you go and you don't think, well, we, I need to be around to every restaurant mm-hmm. if I'm really going to be. And, and that's the way you show you care. What is your biggest weakness? Mm, you'd probably find that out better if you ask other people. They could tell you. <laughs> Sometimes we're not as aware of our own weaknesses, but um, I, it might be impatience because I do, I like to get things, let's get things done. Yes, sir. You know, and sometimes you just have to be patient and some things take a little time and sometimes I have to work on that. What's your biggest strength? Uh, I guess I might try saying I think it's um, trying to work, trying to create teams and community and working together instead of, and I mean, not that I'm all that good at it, but I think it's something I try to do is uh, to create an atmosphere in which people want to work together. You're so good at that. You know. you're, you're too humble. <laughs> you're very, very good at that. <laughs> that is an excellent answer. I don't know. What's the difference between a leader and a manager? Well, I think the, the sort of classic answer for that is that in the literature, uh, managers exist within an organization and leaders can operate anywhere. Leaders, op- it's sort of like, I sometimes say leaders operate without a net. Uh, you're out on the high wire and if you fall, you fall. Yeah. Uh, managers have the, the net of organizational structure, job description, things like that. Leaders, are out there without a net. What's the most difficult part about being a leader? I would say probably the loneliness that uh, I think only when I've talked to people who are leaders uh, in their most candid moments, they'll talk about how they wake up earlier than everybody else because they're thinking about what they need to do. They probably stay up later. Uh, I mean, when you, when I've talked to some military leaders, you know, they say I'm up before all the troops. I don't go to bed until they've all gone to bed. But it's in those quiet times that you start realizing nobody else it reels the realizes or feels the the weight of the responsibility of the decisions that you're making that affect other people, mm-hmm. sometimes even their life, but at least their welfare or their job or their family or their children. or There's a lot of different ways that it reverberates. How do you lead through change? Well, that's what leaders do. That's the biggest thing leaders do is bring about change. And that's one of the differences, I think, and to a large extent, between leaders and managers. Managers sort of 
manage the status quo, not that they think it's okay, but they, but their job is keep things together so we can keep doing what we're doing. Leaders are sort of more forward-looking of thinking, how do we change to do something different? And so, and so there's risk, more risk involved. And risk, change is risk. And so it's, uh, that's why you need leaders. Looking back over your leadership journey, can you think of something that held you back? Well, I think there's always a, to talk about what I was just saying, uh, there's always some reluctance to change. And so there's this, um, uh, one writer called it the unconscious conspiracy. He said, it's not that anybody's intentionally resisting, but there's a sort of unconscious resistance that says, okay, we want you to be our leader. By the next week, hey, we still have a problem or everything's not perfect or whatever. And so it's like there, are, there, there is a form of unrealistic expectation sometimes of leaders. And we see that especially in elected officials where you elect somebody and you think, okay, no, we want them to solve all the problems that we've been dealing with and then they didn't solve them all and so and then they say, well, we got to find somebody else. And that's that kind of unconscious. It's not intentional, but it's saying, and of course, nobody's going to ever do that because there's always going to be problems or imperfections of one kind or the other. Do you think we expect there to be a finish line whenever we have those leaders in place. And in all reality, there's never a finish line. Well, people have unrealistic expectations of leaders. They even they expect more of their leader than they expect of themselves. They expect, they would say, they expect a higher level of perfection, even if it's not total perfection, of a leader. And they might do things themselves that they say, well, yeah, but that's okay. I'm not the leader. Right. But the leader... He ought to be doing this, mm -hmm. or she should have done that. And it's partly that expectation, and it's partly that Monday morning quarterback thing of being able to look back after it's over. You can always second guess, you know, the coach after he called a play and said, well, he called the wrong play. Well, yeah, now we know that. Right. <laughs> after he did it. <laughs> we didn't know that before. Right. You know. That's a good point. What's the best advice you ever received? I'll tell you one, one of the best pieces. I remember talking one time to a man who had become a, a good friend, and he was a, a, an elected official, and he said this. He said, the best leaders, and he was talking about elected officials, have to always be willing to not be reelected. So what is he saying? Well, he's saying... You've got to do what you think is right. And if that means you don't get reelected, then you're willing to not be reelected. Otherwise, are you only going to do what you think is going to get you reelected, which we see a lot of, and people just run a poll and say, what should I do? Well, that's not necessarily the best way to always make every decision. <laughs> and so you've got, to, you've got to be willing to say, if I do what I think is right and best, 
and it means I don't get reelected, that's okay. I'm willing to not be reelected. What is a personal habit that contributed to your success as a leader? Well, I think my wife would tell you probably reading because I read a lot. In fact, I pretty much every morning from about five to six is an, an hour. I usually get up and read for about an hour. Uh, I've heard somebody once say, leaders are readers because you've always got to be feeding yourself if you're going to be feeding other people. And so that's kind of been a habit of mine for a long time. What's one book you would recommend for our listeners? Um, there's a lot of about leadership in the Bible. That's a good book to read. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, there's a book called Talent is Overrated, which is about the idea that it's not j just having talent is not enough. It's being willing to work hard and to do, to use the talent well. Uh, Jeff Ogilvy, I think, is the author of that book. Um, if you had to start over today, what would you do differently and why? You know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that because number one, I won't get to start all over. <laughs> and two, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I hope I learn from mistakes, but I don't go back and say, well, I wish I could go back and start all over. And so uh, I feel like we sort of try to do the best we can do each day and then keep saying, now, how do I do it better tomorrow? How can people connect with you? I guess the best way is just uh, email. Uh, my email address is just mccalebg at acu.edu. And what's the one thing that you want everyone listening to remember? Well, I'm going to borrow from another person, and it's one of the things I tell my leadership class the last day of every class. And it's the story of a former military leader and he said, the secret to success is to stay in love. So I got to ask Dr. Gary McCaleb one more question, a bonus question, about a group he started called Lene. And I want you to hear his answer about Lene and what it is, because I think it has a lot of meaning and impact for leaders today. So let's go back and listen to one more bonus question from Dr. Gary McCaleb. Tell me a little bit about Lene what that is within ACU? Well, Aeneas, something I really feel like I got the inspiration from my nine years as being mayor. And when I was finished, I'd, if there was any one thing I'd seen, I'd seen how important it was for everybody in the city to feel they are connected and belong. A strong sense of community. So, uh, I proposed that we started a program out here um, in which we would take a hundred, invite a hundred students to be in this program. Um, of that hundred, 50 are female, 50 male, 25 each of freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and then as intentionally diverse as you can possibly make it. In other words, people from small towns and big towns, uh, roughly equal numbers of 
Caucasians, African Americans, Hispanic, international students, people from every other state in the United States, people of all different kinds of majors here at ACU, people who were the first member in their family to ever go to college, some who were the third generation to ever go to college. And so, in other words, and so the idea was, I would tell them the first day, you have been invited to be a part of a human experiment in building community out of diversity. So every person comes into that group of 100 as a stranger. They come in as, in other words, as it goes, out of that 100, every year 25 seniors graduate and 25 new freshmen come in. So it turns over every year by 25%. So they come in as a stranger, probably don't know any of the other 99 people in the room, and... Now they're a part of a human experiment in building community out of diversity because you're not going to find everybody just like you in this room. And we're now, we've just now finished our 16th year wow. of doing that. That's and we now have 300 students in the program, 100 on Monday, another 100 on Tuesday, and another 100 on Wednesday. Dr. McCaleb, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jeremy. I enjoyed talking with you. After the interview, we visited more about the difference between managers and leaders, and he shared more insight into that. And I told him he's going to have to come back for another interview. It was so good. As Dr. Michaela was talking about the program, Lene, I couldn't help but think, in a way, we're all in Lene. In a way, we're all part of a human experiment as leaders to recognize opportunities to build community and to create inclusion where it doesn't exist. There were so many insightful things that Dr. Gary McCaleb shared with us in that interview, and I know by listening today, you'll be a better leader tomorrow. Thank you again for downloading Episode 4 of Leadership is Listening. Be sure to check out my website, leadershipislistening.com, and to connect with me, you can do it on LinkedIn or Twitter. Just search for Jeremy Meeks, all one word. Thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful day.